Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome along to the Echo's Blood Red podcast. I'm Matt Addison with Paul Gorst and Beth Lindock both alongside me as we talk through the latest on Dominic Sabochlai and the rest of the Liverpool news to have emerged over the last couple of days. We'll have a bit of a chat about Fabio Cavallio later on as well with the attacking midfielder having moved to RB Leipzig on loan for the season. But Gorsty, only one place to start. Dominic Sabochlai emerges as a real target for the Reds, really, in the last 24 hours or so. We're recording this just after 3pm UK time on the Friday. But as it stands right now, what's the latest? <laughs> yeah, as it stands right now is, is the key phrase there, Matt. It's, uh, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I don't know if it happens with you guys, but certainly it happens with me. You know, people speak to you and sometimes you say, you know, who are Liverpool after and who's on, the, who's on the transfer list and whatever else. And... Things move that quickly that you can't really second guess them all the time. Liverpool spoke to Zabazla's agent on Wednesday, I think, um, AM Sports, the Hungarian based agency. Uh, and by Friday morning, Liverpool are looking to conclude the deal with Leipzig and triggering the £60 million release clause. So things move just so fast. And it's kind of typical of, of how Liverpool move. Uh, we've seen it in recent years with. People like um, Cody Gakpo, for example, Luis Diaz, um, to an extent, Fabinho and Diogo Jota going back a little bit further. The only really drawn-out saga that I can, I can think of in recent years was um, probably Thiago, um, and that's going back nearly three years now. So um, Liverpool have, have moved quickly. Uh, I spoke to his agents, as I say, I think, we think it was on Wednesday. Um, initially, Liverpool, you know, people at the club... Keen to kind of suggest we don't think it's it's going to go too far and whatever, whatever else. But speaking to, to people this morning, and the situation has, has changed dramatically. And Liverpool do have a good relationship with Leipzig, so that has kind of helped smooth the pathway as well. So, yeah, Liverpool looking to do a deal. He's got a £60 million release clause that expires today. Um, that might not necessarily mean that it doesn't get done if it doesn't get triggered today. As I say, the two clubs do have a good working relationship. The player has made it known that he wants to work with Jürgen Klopp, so that has meant that Newcastle have, have ended up walking away because you know they've accepted defeat in that one. So, yeah, all being well, it looks like Liverpool might have their second arrival of the summer, and it's a pretty significant one, to be honest. Certainly, if, if it is going to be that £60 million release clause, he'll come in as what will that be the, the fourth most expensive player of all time at Liverpool, beneath, beneath uh, Van Dijk, Nunes and uh, Alisson. Uh, and of course, um, to 
go on from the McAllister deal at the beginning of the month. It means that Liverpool have, have had a really strong June, to be fair, when you think of uh, what's been a little bit of a touchy few weeks, you know, since McAllister signed, a little bit of a quiet period, you know, three weeks of downtime while George Schmacker has kind of got his feet under the table. But yeah, this is a significant move. And um, as you say, while we record, he's not officially a Liverpool player, but I, I can't see him not being a Liverpool player within the next certainly few days because of the way that Liverpool have moved. Yeah, it certainly seems to be moving in the right direction, Beth. And I don't know about you, but it just feels like a really perfect signing, a really perfect next step after Alexis McAllister has course, He said they've got that one done. This feels like another one, really, that would just fit into what Liverpool are doing. And he just looks tailor-made for the system that Jurgen Klopp was playing at Liverpool last season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he definitely fits the brief of, of a young, exciting player who can come in and, you know, I think that's been one criticism of this side. There's certainly the midfield under Jurgen Klopp is it has, you know, it's been older It's and, and sort of that age and nature of the of the team sort of started to show, didn't it, last season? So bringing in a, a young midfielder, but a midfielder as well, who's who's already got considerable experience under his belt. You know, he's captain of his country, which obviously speaks volumes about him as, as a leader as well as a as a player. Um, and again, the sort of the creativity that he'll bring the goals and assists from midfield, hopefully will be would be a welcome boost because we know again that that hasn't been sort of haven't been too many goals and assists coming from midfield in, in recent years. So it will be it would be a different dynamic, certainly. And I think coupled with the, the McAllister deal, it, it 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 speaks, you know, it speaks to, to where Liverpool are it looking to, to go into next season, looking to be to be much stronger in the middle of the park. And um, I think, you know, as Gorsty said, it's been sort of, you go on Twitter the last few weeks and people have been getting a little bit antsy because there haven't been any more signings. And I think it's important to remember that actually, you know, we're only in June. There's still a long way to go in this transfer window. And, you know, if you look at a number of other clubs, I know obviously that the Declan Rice deal has been, been heavily publicised and things like that, but it's actually a lot of clubs haven't made a lot of signings. They've been linked to players. So actually, to, if, they, if Liverpool can get this done in the next few days, then they've got two top, top players um, or certainly players who have the ability to become top players um, already within the squad and ready to start pre-season. So, yeah, it's a really positive, positive step. I, I like the look at him. I like the look of him. I've seen a few bits of him over the years and um, I think definitely he'll be, a, he'll be a goal threat and bring a little bit more creativity. But, yeah, it, it does seem like a, a player would be a good fit and obviously great to hear that, that he's keen to work with Jürgen Klopp as well. Yeah, I know he's spoken plenty of times in the past about being enticed by playing at Anfield. And I think it was only earlier this month that he was talking publicly about how much he'd relished the chance to work with a manager like Klopp or Guardiola to sort of take his game to the next level. And that kind of feels to me, Gorsty, like the, the, the type of, of signing that this would be. It's a player who is already at a very good level, but it kind of feels typical of that kind of Diogo Jota type player where they've done so much in their career, but this could really be a next step if it does get done. Yeah, very much so. It's it's a very Liverpool signing, isn't it, in terms of a player who has developed a reputation to an extent in European football and then will look to use Liverpool as the club where he can become a star of the European game. You look at the players Liverpool have signed in recent years, pretty much all of them have kind of fit that model, don't they, from Fabinho to Alisson to maybe even Van Dijk to an extent. Certainly Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, uh, Roberto Firmino, Pretty much everyone they've signed under the, the Klopp era and, and the Michael Edwards era, if you like, is is of a similar sort of profile. And, and that was something that was that was put to me this morning, actually. You know, Leipzig, 
Um, and Liverpool are similar clubs in the way that they operate, where there's Liverpool target players between the ages of 22, 24, 25, looking to kind of take that next step. Leipzig are kind of a little bit further back in the pecking order or the food chain where they're getting players at the ages of 18, 19 and, and developing them to get to that stage where a Liverpool will come in and, and make the move. And if you just look at the, even the players, there's some who, who who they've lost or, or they're going to lose, you know, Josh Garvadal, uh, Christopher Nkunku's obviously just gone to Chelsea, hasn't he? So um, if Zabajlai does come to Liverpool, then there's three perfect examples of, of that type of profile. Um, and, you know, he did get asked about working with Klopp, didn't he, by Index, who were a Hungarian publication. I think it was the, earlier this month or maybe late May. And, and he, I thought he answered it quite respectfully in terms of saying, of course, he'd like to work with Klopp, but he'd also like to work with Guardiola and Mourinho and whatever else. He didn't really... Go, go two-footed in with, with that particular answer and kind of was respectful and kept his options open to an extent. But as I say, I was speaking to someone only this morning who was talking about how the, the pull of Klopp has sealed the deal and while he could be playing Champions League football with Newcastle, the idea of um, pushing the train, as, as Klopp famously said, as one of his players to get Liverpool back in the Champions League next season uh, was more of a pull than... Going to uh, to the northeast and, and playing up there. Yeah, certainly an interesting one to sort of see how he fits in and, and all of that sort of stuff. We've mentioned that the price tag, the, the release clause, Beth, is, is 70 million euros. I just looked up then, as, as Gorsty mentioned in Kunku, I think his was 60 million euros that he went to Chelsea for. So I wonder whether there might be some sort of deal that Liverpool could look at, at doing there. But in terms of the price, it does kind of seem fairly reasonable to me when you think of Declan Rice being over 100 million. This kind of feels like a deal which is a bit more Liverpool, but also a bit more reasonable just in terms of, of where the market is at this particular moment in time. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It does. I mean, as you say, that the market at the moment, especially for, for young, talented midfielders, is is very inflated, isn't it? We've, we've seen that with Declan Rice. So, um, you know, obviously it's 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 a fee it's it's not you know it's it's as Gorsi said it'd be the fourth most expensive sign in Liverpool's history but um it's also reasonable um for a player who's got a very high ceiling a player that could potentially you know play for the club or play at a very high level for the next decade um you know that that's it seems it, it seems a reasonable fee and I think it you know obviously when you look back at at when the Bellingham saga was playing out and obviously one of the the key reasons that Liverpool moved away from that was you know, spending that that money on Bellingham would would hamper their ability to to be able to spend on other top targets too. And I think you know if they can get if they can get um Sabozlay in for it for a decent price, coupled with the McAllister deal, which was obviously incredible business bringing him for bringing him in for the fee that they brought him in for. You know, it, it shows exactly why they did step away from the Bellingham one, and whether you agree with that or not, um, you know, it, it makes sense in in a, in a way. It's a logical decision to have. You know, spread that money across a few top targets, and I think certainly if they can get another player in for 
for a decent fee, then I think, you know, fans might actually start to think maybe it was the best decision to, to walk away from the Belgium deal as much as it was as much as it was difficult and it'll be difficult to see him in a Real Madrid shirt next season. You know, you, you can see why Liverpool moved away from that deal. Yeah, we sorry, mate. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, um, I was having a little bit of a grumble to, to show Bradley last night about this. Actually, I think, I think there has to be there has to be an acceptance at Liverpool and, and maybe even further up to FSG that at a certain point you can't continue trying to be the best team in England and the best team in Europe, looking for players who are underneath forty million. I think you no, know, it's not two thousand and eighteen anymore where you can get. You know, potentially top-level players for those sorts of prices. I think Liverpool have absolutely done wonders with the the existence of the 35 million release clause in Alexis McAllister's contract. But he's very much a unique case. A 24-year-old World Cup winner who was one of the stars of the Premier League last season, coming in for what, by modern standards, is, is a relatively low fee. Um, if he didn't have that release clause, he'd be worth at least 60 million himself. I'm sure of it. So. You know, Liverpool did really well there and tipped the hat to the kind of recruitment team and, and that is why they, they do have the reputation they have. But hearing, you know, when, when the initial news came out about Sabajlai that, oh, maybe it could be a little stretch too far in terms of the price and Liverpool don't have Champions League football to, to contend with, they're not going to be getting the uh, the bounty from that. Um, I think at a certain point there's got to be an acceptance now that the goalposts have moved a little bit and you've got to start paying a little bit more as the going rates for, for these sorts of players. So if if Liverpool can manage to, to kind of get Sabajlai in for underneath that 60 million release clause, then again, it, you know, fair play to them on the negotiating side of things. But I don't think it's an unreasonable sum for someone who's 22 years of age, someone who's a goal scorer midfielder, who's captain of his national team, you know, a decent national team in Hungary, to be fair, that they're not, you know, they're not one of the, the great sides of Europe, but the, 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 the development certainly. So um, yeah, it, it just feels like it's a um, it, it ticks a lot of boxes. To be fair, and I think him playing on the right side of that midfield with McAllister on the left and Fabinho as it stands as the kind of number six, I think that's a, a really strong midfield to go with next season. Then you've got the likes of Thiago and, and Henderson and and you know Jones and Elliot and Stefan um, Bajetic to come into it as well. So. Um, yeah, it's been a, a really good couple of days, actually, for Liverpool. Yeah, it's interesting as well with Mason Mount. It looks like he's going to go for a similar fee. Obviously, he only had a year left on his deal, but it does kind of feel in terms of the way that Liverpool are going to set up in the future. They've obviously changed the, the system, the, the way that they're playing, Beth. It kind of feels like they are looking for a bit more goals, a bit more creativity. It's a bit of a, a change of emphasis. Well, not even a bit, a, a lot of a change of emphasis when you think of, of where Liverpool were a couple of, of seasons ago. I think, you know, just, you know, on his own, Dominic Sabozlai will have scored or assisted more goals than the entire Liverpool midfield did last season. It, it, it's a big upgrade, this, if this is the way that they're going to go. It is. And, and you know, I think obviously sort of not having as many goals and assists from midfield wasn't a problem when you had sort of the famous front three firing on all cylinders you know you had Mary was guaranteed to get you 20 goals at least a season really in, in the Premier League and Sadio Mane similar number Roberto Firmino and obviously now you know we know Mo's still keeping up those incredible numbers but you look at Darwin Nunez you know we don't know what his future is going to be where he's going to play and um, Cody Gakpo as well he's not sort of a super prolific goal scorer although he, you know he had a pretty decent return last last season uh, Luis Diaz certainly as well needs to maybe add a few more goals to his game but while you've got that sort of lingering uncertainty about 
you know, your attacking options and where those goals are coming from. It's important that, you know, the mantle doesn't rest entirely with them and you've got players behind them who can who can back that up. And I think certainly with that new system, that is going to be really important. So it does feel like as well, some of the players that, as you say, that they're looking at, it, it's all about fitting into that new system as well. Um, but also the versatility as well. I think that was that was one thing with Alexis McAllister, wasn't it? Is someone who can play across, you know, a number of different different positions. And it'll be interesting. Obviously, you'd imagine Sabazlail coming on the right, but you know, will he be used in, in a slightly different position as well? So, um, yeah, exciting times. And I think it's nice to to be going into into a new season. Hopefully, if it gets over the line with you know midfield options that that really look like they can kick Liverpool on. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'll stick with you as well because it sort of ties in with the point that you've just made there about the versatility. I mean, it, it kind of feels to me like this answers the question of the Liverpool need to go and get another attacker this summer. Well, you've kind of got one who can do a bit of the, the forward line, not necessarily just on the right as well, could play in other positions, can play in attacking midfield areas as well. It kind of feels like a little bit of both. We, we might see him almost as a bit of a, a backup to Mohamed Salah as well, potentially. It's, it is a bit of a two-in-one in that sense. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think certainly I forgot even forgot about Diogo Jota there. So I think Liverpool are pretty well stocked in, in attacking areas, you know, certainly if they can get some Bosley over the line and they've got that sort of extra sort of a player who can bring that from midfield as well. I think probably for me, it, you know, I'd, I'd like to see them still bring in another midfielder. Uh, certainly when you look at Liverpool's injury history, it'd be nice to have another player to, uh, you know, you can rely on to to you know come on come into the midfield um but I think probably if, if they're going to look anywhere else it's got to be the defense hasn't it especially with this um with this new system you think in you know a center back on the on the left side maybe um but in terms of attacking options I think the versatility of, of some of the players that they've brought in so far or will bring in hopefully Spazla gets over the line um will will help sort of with those goals and assists and, and, and you know that impetus in attacking areas yeah, it's certainly an excellent start. I think we're all in agreement that we'd like to see Liverpool do more, of course, on top of that course. I mean, let's say just for a second that Sobosly was to get over the line, Alexis McAllister as well. I mean, what else would you be looking for from Liverpool this summer? Is it still the case that you think a couple more signings are needed? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot depends on what the plan is to do with, with, with Trent, doesn't it? You know, is he now a, an orthodox midfielder? Is he still an inverted fullback? Slash midfielder hybrid that he was for the last dozen games of the season. If so, then Liverpool will need another centre back, I think, uh, a left sided one, and Canate can shuffle over and Van Dijk can move more central. Just not convinced that Andy Robertson is a um, is cut out to be a centre back in the Premier League. Of course, if you're playing with a flat back four, I think Liverpool might be okay with, with the number of options they've got as centre halves, but that could be an issue. We, we know that. Um, Mickey van der Ven is someone they've been linked with and, and they do like Levi Colwell. Well, I suppose he's Chelsea's player now, isn't he? But um, yeah, I, I would like to see another defender come in. And if I'm being greedy, I'd still like to see a defensive midfielder come in. I'm not convinced that Fabinho was over his his ills. Um, he's played a lot of football for someone who's still only 29, I think. So I'd like to see a combative, dynamic defensive midfielder really rival him for a place next season. Uh, and then after that, I think Liverpool might be set to go into the new season with a with a decent squad to try and get back into those Champions League places and and see what else they can do. Um, we've seen the kind of progress you can make with a good summer from Arsenal last year. They meet with 
Zinchenko and Jesus, and they went from being, you know, also runs to, to really pushing for the Premier League title until the final week. So, uh, reluctant to suggest Liverpool can can do that, but um, they've certainly got the nucleus of a squad who have proven themselves as winners, haven't they? So, um, it's a re- it's a bit of a rebuild this summer. I think we've all written about that and you know talked about that at length. Uh, but now it's starting to, to really take shape and uh, it's going to be an exciting you know couple of weeks in Liverpool back to pre-season training next week as well so um, yeah that's uh, all maybe it's all coming together at the right time yeah certainly will be uh, be interesting to see what happens during pre-season but just to, to stay with you Gorst you mentioned there a couple of, of other names that Liverpool have, have had a look at and, and certainly you know Kefren Turam and, and various others we've seen Manu Kone go off injured during the under 21 Euros this week I mean if Liverpool were to do McAllister and then Soboslai, would would one of those still be on the agenda as well? Do you think, or how likely is it that maybe this will be in place of, of that? What what yeah. sort of way do you, you think that would go? It's it's difficult to, to second guess them. To be honest, what I'd suggest is Gabby Vega of uh, of Celta Vigo. Don't think he'd be an option if Soboslai signs because I think that was very much of the brief of being a right sided midfielder who can score goals. I think you're not getting both of them. Um, so I think maybe he might be off the agenda. Kefren Saram, I'm not sure of. He's, he's a little bit of a different profile, isn't he? He doesn't score as many goals, but certainly someone who um, can carry it over over long distances, very rangy, leggy, powerful midfielder. Liverpool don't really have elsewhere in, in their squad at the moment. Kone, we're waiting to see the extent of, of his knee injury, aren't we? And I'm, I'm not too convinced that he was that high up on the shortlist as it was. Uh, Graham Birch is an interesting one. Liverpool spoke to his representatives in April, I think, maybe even earlier. Uh, and they're just waiting to see what the, the, the lay of the land is with Thomas Tuchel at Bayern Munich. You know, if, if Tuchel makes it clear that he's in his plans, I think Graham Birch has gone on record a few times as saying that he sees his future at Bayern Munich. But if he does get told that you're going to be kicking your heels on the bench for most of the season, then I think he might look to force an issue there. So, um, Spinning plates has, has been the, the phrase that I've heard regularly, and that, that still seems to be the case, even with obviously Zabajlai closing in on, on a deal. If it was up to you, Beth, would you go and do one more out of, of that list as well? Yeah, I think out of all of the names that Liverpool are linked to at the minute, I think Taram's probably the one who maybe makes the most sense. So you've got that sort of bit of physicality a little bit more. And um, again, young player, exciting player, obviously seems to be doing pretty well at the, the under 21 Euros. Um, so yeah, I think if we were to, if we were to move for for any other player, I think that would probably make the most sense in terms of the the midfield players that that Liverpool have been linked with so far. Um, but you know, you imagine the club are maybe waiting to see how how this tournament progresses, or you know, there's obviously been talks behind the scenes about that one, but maybe not as advanced as some of the other some of the other players um, that Liverpool have been linked with. So yeah, I think I think Taram is probably the one who makes the most sense in terms of filling a void that Liverpool don't really. You know, don't really have at the moment. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm sure Liverpool fans will be keeping an eye on all of those links, but obviously Sobersly is the one that's most sort of foremost in everyone's minds at the moment. So obviously keep yourselves up to date with all that's going on with the Liverpool Echo and Liverpool.com. But before we finish for this podcast, we'll talk a little bit about Fabio Carvalho as well. Another 
potential deal, or this one is a confirmed deal, Gorsi with RB Leipzig. Mm. Soboslai is obviously the, the potential one, but he's moved on loan, no option to buy. It kind of feels like the right move, again, for, for him to get some minutes. A good club, a Champions League club as well. Yeah, I think the first thing to say on this, while we're talking about Soboslai, is the, the apparent breakthrough in, in the, the talks between the two clubs came and they were talking about Carvalho, so um, that was is an interesting element to it all. Uh, but yeah, from Carvalho's point of view, he's been desperate to to play more, really. You think he's only started one game since the turn of the year, and that was an FA Cup game at Wolves, three substitute appearances since in the final two months of the season. Um, a little bit of a victim of circumstances, I'd suggest, coming into a, a team who no one predicted that drop-off to do from last season. He thought he was joining a side who'd just gone so close to the win in terms of the... Uh, quadruple chase um, and if he was kind of eased into proceedings gently he could have had a much better season but um, events kind of beyond his control conspired to, to push him out the more, more and more the season went on so you know he, he's moved to Leipzig Leipzig tried to make it permanent the £10 million offer that Liverpool rejected out of hand uh, they you know everyone you speak to says that they still see his future at Liverpool as long term future so it's more of a move to kickstart his career, his fledgling career. He's only 20, to be fair, he doesn't turn 21 until late August. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. There's been a few, hasn't there, who've moved to Leipzig in recent years from, from the Premier League and gone to kind of kickstart the career. So he's the latest in the, in the line of, of those players. And it'll be interesting to see how he gets on, I think, ultimately it's a, it's a win-win situation for Liverpool because if he if he performs to you know the potential that they think he has, then he'll come back as a valuable option for Liverpool, whether that's as an attacking midfielder or a kind of wide forward next season. Or, you know, Leipzig come back with a massively improved bid from the £10 million that they've offered because he just can't do without them. So um, it's a sensible one, really. He's going to go and play and Liverpool can uh, watch from afar as he develops at a club who they, they know very well. Yeah, I think that sort of works, doesn't it, Beth, in terms of, of the style of, of club that it is, the, the fact that they've got this history of developing these players. This is why Liverpool have, have looked at Sobis so it kind of makes sense that it would work the other way around as well. Yeah, it does. I think, you know, Carvalho himself has said, you know, it's a great club for developing young players and, you know, I really hope it works out for him. It's I think it's a real, real shame. And, and as Gorsi said, probably is a victim of circumstance a little bit. I mean, it was, I think because of the nature of the way his transfer happened, obviously Liverpool were hoping to get him in the, in the January, weren't they? And then that didn't quite happen. And it, you know, when that, that deal finally got over the line in the summer, there was this great buzz around him. And um, I think they potentially added a little bit of pressure to him. I'm not sure, but um, you know, certainly when he got that that last minute winner against uh, Newcastle, you thought you know he could really that could really kickstart his Liverpool career. And obviously, the season was just so poor across the board that he, he never really got the chance and was never really trusted. And I think part of that was maybe down to the fact that no one really knew what his best position was. You know, was it was it in the forward line out wide? Was it in, in midfield? He looked a little bit lightweight. Um, so, you know, hopefully going out and, and playing every week, he might really consolidate himself in, in one position and maybe bulk up a little bit and, and come back at, you know, a, a stronger player. Um, or, you know, as Gorsi said, he might he might attract interest from elsewhere, whether that be Leipzig or, or another club. But he's, he's definitely a top talent. And I think it's a shame to see players that talented, you know, sitting on a, sitting on a bench all season. So 
um, yeah, fair play to him for, for opting to, to go abroad and, and I really hope it does work out for him and he, he comes back next summer, you know, fighting fit and, and ready to really make an impact in, in Liverpool's first team. Yeah, it's clear he's got talent, isn't it? He's one of those players that's got all of, of the bits. It's just a case of giving him enough minutes to be able to to show that. But just to finish then, Gorst, you, you mentioned there that you know Liverpool still think that he has got the ability to be a long-term Liverpool player. What what do you think he'd have yeah. to do this season for that to be the case from next summer? What, how does this season have to go for them to think, yes, he's ready to, to come back and, and play a big part for Jurgen Klopp? So it's a very good question. You know, like Beth mentioned there about the fact that didn't really have a defined role. Did he, is he a central midfielder? Is he a wide forward? Is he probably best suited to being a number 10 in a squad that doesn't use a, a number 10 player? So I don't know, really. It's a, it's a difficult one to answer. Um, I, ju- I just wonder how much Liverpool thought about where he'd fit in, as opposed to this guy's one of the best young players in the, in the championship, one of the best teenagers probably in European football for that season, wasn't he? Uh, and the, the newest contract was coming up, and perhaps they, they could have got him in a little bit cheap, cheaper and, and tried to develop him and, and take it from there. Um, I just wonder what the, the overall master plan was for him because the year on, he's gone on loan and it hasn't really worked out so far, has it? So you can normally see where, where, what Liverpool are thinking with certain players at certain times, but um, it's a difficult one to, to assess with Carvalho. Um, so I'm not sure what looks like the type of season that makes Liverpool think, oh, go on, then we'll, we'll bring him back and he's ready to, to be our player for the foreseeable. You know, Liverpool are still saying that that is the plan, but I suppose we'll have to wait and see um, what he does while he's, um, he's with Leipzig. Yeah, certainly been a lot of interest around RB Leipzig in the past. I'm sure Liverpool fans will be keeping an eye on how he gets on whilst he's on loan. And hopefully it could be some sort of a swap deal, though the two deals are not related for Dominic Savoslai as well. As I mentioned before, you can keep up to date with all of the updates on the Liverpool Echo and the Liverpool.com websites. We've got loads of analysis of where Savoslai might fit in, how he might play and what to watch for. So do head over and check all of those bits out. As I'm sure you can tell, we're all excited for hopefully that one to go through in the near future. For now, though, we shall leave it there. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.